Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Uh, already engaging in a very lively conversation about what I consider to be the media meme of the week. Obviously, there's an agenda at work. I think the agenda could be how hard can we push an agenda and people will continue to escalate in frenzy. And uh, and the agenda, or at least the meme, the presenting issue, let's call it, is children separated from their parents at the border. And I had opened the show by pointing out how Obama basically had the exact same thing, but nobody was crying in Congress. People weren't, nobody was a Nazi, you know. And uh, Binkley, my producer here, always digs out that kind of double standard. And did you just tweet? I just saw that funny picture you just tweeted, made me laugh out loud. Yeah, it's an article. From the New York Times in 2016, July 18th, Mr. Obama's dubious detention centers and then the cover image is a drawing of a bunch of children crammed into a tiny little box. All right. Now, this is what cracks me up because uh, that's that's nothing compared to what Trump's doing. I mean, I think he just nails their little their fingers to the wall and just lets them hang there. They're not allowed to move. Yeah. (laughs) Hoses them down every once in a while. But here's the crazy part. I wonder if I can present these numbers in a way that's digestible orally, which is, uh, or let me just give it in a nutshell, because I was doing that. You know, I asked you to help me research. I was trying to find the numbers on this. I couldn't find anything. And then it's just slipped into these little articles. One of them was, I think it was a Washington, no, it's Huffington Post article I saw today that uh, said these kids cost... This detention costs $319 per bed per day. These $319. So you that's just a rounding error when you're talking about $20 trillion debt. But I immediately Googled what it would cost to say at the Buckhead Ritz. So the Ritz-Carlton and Buckhead starts at $291 for a king-size room. You understand what I'm saying? So they should just put them all up at the Ritz. (laughs) I guess so. But this is what what I came to the conclusion. I was trying to figure out uh, who is benefiting from this. I started my I was keyed into this as early as the Kate Steinle shooting was conveniently publicized or happened or whatever a week after. Trump launched his campaign with the infamous uh, Mexican immigrants are rapists. Or like, I, I'll say that. And people are like, he didn't say that. <laughs> I'm like, I know he didn't say that. I'm just saying 
he said something the left said called that and then this thing validated him from the right and and it's been like that ever since but i knew right away as soon as if you looked into that story even in the slightest bit you the story was false from the beginning that guy was deliberately placed in san francisco at the request of a sheriff there against their even their sanctuary city laws did not justify what this guy did and he was brought there after five years in federal detention uh, for repeat illegal entry. He was mentally ill, a drug addict, all that kind of stuff. So I looked into the laws and all that, and all the laws were there. But I also tried to figure out what's the agenda here besides validating Trump's, um, his dialectic. But it was that everybody called Kate's Law and everything called for more incarceration. And I immediately realized the prison industrial complex is very big and powerful. And it's the most corrupt industry I actually have um, kind of verified the corruption myself. Uh, you know, you there's tons of evidence that there's corruption, lobbying for more um, extended sentences and all that kind of stuff. So you go through all the criminals, right? And then, and then how are you going to keep jailing people? Like, Industries need to grow. Companies don't like to stay stasis, you know, in stasis. So then after you get through real criminals who steal and kill, then you get mala prohibita criminals, bad people because they are doing something prohibited, drug addicts or drug dealers even, whatever. Then you fill them up with that. So the U.S. has its huge incarceration rate. How are you going to keep that growth model going? Well, there is literally, not literally, but figuratively an ocean of humanity that would love to come to the U.S. And if they come in and they get ensnared in a jail, uh, they, nobody's here to help them. You know, nobody's going to fight for their habeas corpus rights and stuff like that. I'm not being the bleeding heart like these people don't need to be in jail. I'm just telling you. It is an, a limitless potential for growth if instead of just turning people away, I think this, this issue has been framed in the exact same way, at least when I saw a 2005 interview with Michael Chernoff, who was the Homeland Security Secretary at the time. He said, we can do expedited removal, basically turn people away at the border if they're Mexicans and at the Mexican border. And we did 900,000 this year. Uh, but some people, if they're not Mexicans, you can't turn them into turn them away into Mexico. Like Mexico is not responsible for having let them get to you through them, which is an interesting point. And you also can't do that if they're legitimately seeking asylum. Uh, so you have that problem and you can I mean, that's your source. That's your source of limitless uh, justification for increasing penitentiary beds and and. I looked at just one company. It's supposedly nonprofit. It it services almost half. So 11,000 kids are unaccompanied minors. So the parents send them or they escape or whatever. Only two or 3,000 are ones that are separated, quote. And even then, that's dubious, in my opinion, because they could be separated from, like, not real parents, you know, traffickers and stuff. That's what the argument, I think, is. Anyway, this Southwest Key has 5,000 beds out of like, let's say a need of 14,000. They, last year, they, uh, their total revenue for the year was 286 million. So far, year to date, their fiscal year since October 1st, so far now is 459 million. So if you kind of annualize that, make it like it was a whole year, that's 610 million. That's more than double this year they will make than last year. And we're talking, they're getting 
well over $100,000 per kid. I mean, if I can do the math right, I tried to do the math on their website, but they shut their website down. So thanks to Binkley, I got some information from the um, department, HHS, Health and Human Services, has some tracking, but I can't dig into like who's getting that money. Like it's got to be the vendors. They, I think they pass it through to like people who provide the service who are obviously making out, I mean, $120,000. And I would, I would even call into question that number, that it's $120,000 per child per bed, but that's what the Huffington Post number of $319 per bed per day amounts to. Uh, so there's one line item, just June 11th, 2008, so two weeks ago, not even, was $147 million for uh, Southwest Key Program's unaccompanied alien children's shelters in Texas. Just one line item. For the whole uh, year to date, the Texas unaccompanied alien children's shelters got $268 million. I mean, these numbers are crazy. This is, I, I, I can't think of this as being anything but corruption, and I would continue my investigation, but they shut their website down. Now, in addition to that, our prison companies and other, like, detention facility providers, public, private, I don't think any of the others call themselves nonprofits, but this, even if this isn't the primary agenda, it's kind of like destroying Libya or destroying Iraq, um, people don't really know this, but Mike Rogers, the congressman, stepped down because his wife uh, was employed with one of the security firms in Benghazi, and also they had an interest in like rebuilding stuff, stuff that would rebuild the infrastructure in those countries. I mean, if you just look at, yes, there are big picture world government, world corporation agenda items at work, Um but there's also that low-level, uh, you know, I don't want to call it graft. I don't even know what to call it. But I think there is something very, uh, you know, just simple payola kind of simple corruption in this. And I don't think it's getting any attention, and I don't think it will get any attention. But uh, it was very clear in what the Homeland Secretary said in Trump's initial memo and what Chertoff always called for. To their credit, I believe the Senate did not include that. They passed something this week. I, it wasn't just on one in one body. It's not law or anything, but it did not have this, this spending in there. So maybe there are two sides in D.C. still. Uh, we shall see. But what to watch out for? Keep your eyes open for any... Um, any hints of, of somebody benefiting? I'd like to know who's getting the checks that the Southwest Key is writing. But look, it took me all that time because, you know, math is hard. So <laughs> to quote Malibu Stacy. Um, so I'm sorry, Joe. I kept John hold. I'll get to you after the break if you want to hang on. And Binkley, did I miss anything? Did you have a tweet or a question? Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I thought what you said about the website going down – it at such a convenient time was very yeah. interesting. And it says, like, sorry, we've had too much traffic, so we're taking our website down. Too much traffic? Like, like the border, Southwest they've had Key? too much traffic? Yes, yes, yes. How are they? No wonder it costs them $120,000 a kid a year. They can't, like, oh, wow. We just what does the money go to specifically? Do we have any idea? Well, that's idea? the thing. So I looked at their financial statements, the one I could find, which was, like, 10 years old, and it's passed through. 
like it has a check that it writes to service provider for mm. like $10 million, you know, and that service provider. <laughs> so they call it a nonprofit, but I, I'm not, don't quote me because I really cannot. I used to be an investment banker. I, my living was to look at those financial statements and figure out where the money was going. And, um, I'm trying to do that here and I can't, but the Southwest key is called a nonprofit. The CEO gets 800 grand a year almost, but, um, but the vendors you'd have to look and see, are the vendors nonprofits? Are they, you know, like somebody's got a fat wallet cause it doesn't cost 120,000. I'll do it. 120,000 after tax dollars for one, every single individual. Think about what that would mean for like the size of your house. You know, the amount of servants you would have. It's just, anyway, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Joe. I'll be right back. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. That was phenomenal. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hey, guys. It is Monica Perez. I'm getting complaints, and we've noticed it here, that my mic is lower than Binkley's, and we've got a new system in place and i think we're trying to work out the kinks here hopefully it's uh, not a deal breaker i'll try to scream which it should not be too <laughs> hard for this new yorker youngest of nine i was born screaming <laughs> ah, anyway still screaming sorry no jokes no jokes uh okay whoa let me talk to joe who's been waiting and waiting hey joe you're on with monica hey monica monica you're right the question of how much all this stuff costs but let me run this by you if we built the wall, it would be good for both countries. Actually, all these countries in uh, Mexico and Central America that are having all these drug wars. These drug wars are fueled by Americans' drug habits. If we built the, hall, the wall, it would curtail the importation of drugs and would stop most of those wars down there because there would be nothing to fight over. These were relatively calm and pleasant places to live, especially Mexico until we got this proliferation of drugs in the United States. So if we built Where'd the wall, they come from, though? Pardon? Where do you think Where? those drugs are coming from? Well, they're coming from... Oh, they're being grown in Mexico. A lot of the marijuana is being grown in Mexico, and then a lot of it's being imported into Mexico. And but I, I think it's border. it's been well established through a book dark alliance and the iran contra thing and um barry and the boys is another book that the drugs are only coming over because we're letting them come over so a wall isn't going to help if the cia is allowing aircraft well yeah, that's a problem you gotta assume that that the these agencies are doing their jobs oh, but you can't assume job. that it's been proven well, that there are elements in those agencies that get that bypass apples in every agency. No, I know. But what I'm saying is the bad apples are making the system not work. It only takes a few giant planes full of cocaine to fuel the problem. Right. You know, there's a problem there. And here's the other thing. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't cut you off, but I got to say, I won't cut you off here. I, 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 you can talk. Go Go ahead. Sorry. I I just, yeah, sorry about that. I'm having problems with my mic. Um, the issue is there's a thing that Weld and Heidi Cruz came out with, this North American Union, where they, they don't, if there's a wall, they just want to leave the door open. You know, I think that's the problem is the policy, not the enforcement. Well, again, if we built the wall, it would, it would stop the, these people from pouring. A- well, that might be true. Uh, I, I do have to cut you a break. It might, it might 
stop the people from pouring. You can hold on if you want, Joe. I don't want to cut you off um, if you want to hold on through the break. But I do feel like uh, the wall's just a diversion. Um, but I want to hear what you have to say. So, or whoever, can we call 800-WSB-TALK? This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. And I believe, I believe we are continuing to have some technical difficulties. So just turn the radio up, I guess, for now. Is that right, Binkley? Are we still having a little bit of technical difficulties? We are still working on it, and uh, we believe the internet feed might be level, but we're not certain. So is it that my mic is too low? Is that right? Your mic is coming through lower than mine and lower than the caller's mic. Uh, ooh, how about... Here, say something. Something. Say it again. Again. All right. How's that? Is my mic better now? I can't hear the difference okay. in All that. Right. All right. Let's <laughs> we won't drag anybody through this. I just wanted to try to help. But anyway, I have been having problems. Um, but we just had a call from Joe, and and he was talking about we should build a border wall so that people can't get in. And I personally don't believe that the problem is this this conundrum of enforcement that we just simply cannot figure out how to keep people out. The, these They do turn people away. It's just that we have a couple of laws that are a, allowing this to happen. One is that they can't turn non-Mexicans away and they can't turn people away who are seeking asylum. So, uh, but I would go further and I think it's all manipulated this particular case, but I've been given this a lot, a lot of thought there. There's, let's say there's 7 billion people in the world, 6 billion of them are probably, probably have a lower living standard than we do. I mean, Binkley, do you think that sounds reasonable? Sounds reasonable to me. All right. Even if it's 5 billion, even if it's 1 billion. Okay. Why don't we have a billion illegal immigrants every year coming in? Because it's not this out of control, who can stop the river thing. I believe illegal immigration is highly regulated. I think that the government knows exactly what they're doing. And it goes back to Milton Friedman saying illegal immigration is the only free market for labor and employment that there is. There's no laws pertaining to that. And I'm, I'm in favor of it. I think I don't believe that you can. The government has a right to tell you who you can allow or deny on your private property, it's distasteful, but it's your private property. You want to hire somebody or not hire somebody for whatever reasons, you let them on your private property. If we had private roads that they too could have the same kind of um, arm's length transactions. Uh, so I believe that it actually is quite a, uh, a regulated system and that they're moving now. I believe there's what they call a paradigm shift, a whole change in the in the underlying um, structure that they're moving away from providing us, middle America, with the lower paid labor to help us be more productive so they can watch your kids and clean your house and um, do the, the real hard work labor that just gets them hourly pay that's barely worth it. I mean, if you see these construction guys or the, the craftsmen, they're such good workers, but just their language skills put them in a category where they're making peanuts. Um, that actually, let I think this, you know, maybe it's controversial. I don't know. I'm just thinking. 
I think that we then are able to do service jobs, stuff that generates more money. And I believe there was a Bill Clinton statement at the time of NAFTA saying, we're going to let them build everything, make everything, provide all the services, and we're going to go to like an all-service economy, which will be higher productivity for us. If they're shifting, and and we benefit from that. I know uh, there's a, a welfare net and and there's services and all that stuff, and, and you could analyze the math and maybe tell me that I'm wrong, but I think that there's a chance that the way it is now, we have a higher standard of living and more productivity in middle America because uh, they are doing the stuff that pays less and takes longer. Now, if you are eliminating that, and one of the things Trump called for in one of his tweets, of course, like the uh, policy agenda setting is tweet in a tweet now, that one of the things he wants is merit-based legal immigration. Now, that's a big lobbying push from big tech. They don't want to pay people who have $100,000, $200,000 worth of school loans and they have to pay them big money. They want to take people from other countries, countries that provide higher education at the taxpayer's expense to the people who can achieve it. They want those people to take that quote, nothing's free, but quote, free education and bring it here, which will drive down uh Theoretically, and I think that's why they're paying big money in lobbying because they think it's true. It will they it will allow them to pay less to these people, and and big tech has been reprimanded or even fined for colluding on pay and everything. They really care about that. They don't want to pay these skilled laborers skilled labor wages salaries. So they want they want to move to a merit based legal system. But those, to the extent you think the illegal immigrants are crowding your jobs out, I don't think they are at all because. They earn something like 20000 a year, and our welfare floor is higher than that. You're better off getting welfare if you can than taking some of those jobs. But the ones who are coming over and, and competing with you when you have fresh school loans, that is where you might actually have some problems. So the merit-based thing, uh, would I believe that's at a at a – a skill level that would actually compete with our the the stuff that employs us most productively. Now, maybe that's not a libertarian position. I'm just trying to figure out the reality. Uh, my position as a libertarian is if we eliminated all labor laws, all welfare, um, you, you know, wage floors is what I call it. Nobody will work underneath that. All school loan subsidies. If you take out away all school loan subsidies, you can still get school loans, but it's going to be from a bank that assesses if you're going to be able to pay it back. They're not going to give you a school loan for jazz theory. They're not, unless you're really going to be the next Miles Davis. So they, you know what I'm saying? So if you take all that stuff away, you're not going to have... I've told this story before. My great-grandfather brought his wife and my grandmother to this country 100 years ago, whatever it was. They were Syrian. The wife died, I think in childbirth, and the my great-grandfather, he couldn't handle it here. There was no safety net or whatever. He left my grandmother in an orphanage of Irish nuns, and uh, and he went back to Syria. And I don't know what happens to them now. They're probably in, you know, <laughs> living in rubble. But uh, I probably have second cousins over there. But I'm just saying, these people, uh, when there was no safety net, they they could sink or swim. You either contribute to the productivity or you don't. So as a libertarian, I don't have an immigration 
problem. I don't need to have an immigration position, not to mention because I believe in strict private property rights. So nobody has the right to tell me I cannot employ whomever I like. And, uh, and once you start saying, well, your private property is limited, we have to tell you who you can and cannot employ, what you can and cannot discriminate against. You have to have a law, you have to have a road up to your house so that I can deliver the mail. Once they take away your strict private property rights, you can't defend your own borders. So what do you have to do? You have to agree with everybody else in the country on how we're going to control the borders of the collective property the collective private property. If you restore real private property rights, you don't have to worry about what anybody else does. You know who's going to take care of Border Patrol? The people who own the ranches in Texas, like they used to. They're going to stand there in their in their the things they sit in, you know, and uh, with their rifle, and they're going to do what the drug dealers do right now. They sit up there, and they watch and make sure rival gangs don't smuggle anything over the border. The border is controlled, whether you think so or not. What a rant that was. So let me let me take a breath and maybe let somebody else do the talking. I'm going to go to Bruce. Bruce, can you hear me? This is Monica. Monica, enjoy the show and was just listening to the uh, opinion that uh, people that go over the borders uh, don't have uh, an influence. And my position is that being working in the at-risk community with with young uh, men and women over the past 20 years a lot of them were never never able to get jobs simply because uh the illegal aliens were able to charge less for their hourly wage and they undercut these kids and they were never able to be employed and you have to learn a a job skill whether it's digging a ditch whether it's uh, cutting wood and uh, 20, 30 years ago... Why couldn't we those all... kids work for the same as... Are you saying so those kids had to go on welfare because they really could not pay the rent? I, I just want to know why they couldn't yeah, undercut. Yeah, they, they, they were already on welfare, typically, uh, as, as very young children. And as they progressed in our programs, uh, most of them uh, quit school, didn't have a GED. So, you know, you would... You know, instead of being able to get a job, they they were unemployed, and that got them into doing other things that they shouldn't. And I know, I hate that, and I feel like the welfare floor keeps them from taking those. And of course, you have illegal immigrants who are willing to live in conditions that are really subhuman. I mean, that is an actual um, problem. But but you have to consider who you're obligated to. We're not obligated to the whole world. You know, we we're not even obligated to each other. Oh, yes, we are. Absolutely. Only to the extent we're obligated to everybody. You know what I mean? Our our moral obligation. No, no. Our Constitution uh, prescribes our borders and say that we must protect them. They must be protected for a reason. There's a logic why we have a Constitution and borders. But for us to assume that everybody can come in and they all have the same mindset of taking care of America is wrong. A lot of these people could care less. No, I I actually think that the reason they're brought in is that one of the reasons I think this is not a new idea is they don't understand the system and they don't really understand what makes the system work. They don't understand the beauty of free market capitalism and how much more prosperity it yields. So they come in from socialist countries and they're they don't if they don't even speak English, they're highly influenced by these very well coordinated organizations that try that help them tell them how to vote and stuff like that. I totally agree. Well, let, it's let, very yeah, let me tell you I have I have high respect for uh, most of the 
immigrants that I meet. I really do. I, I think that they're very fine people. I know quite a number of them and work with, with quite a number of them. But the problem remains that they are actually taking entry-level jobs from, from people that from Americans that need them. And we act as if that doesn't have... Yes, but here's what my solution does. is. Eliminate okay. welfare. It'll, okay, well, that, I, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, think, I think that welfare certainly has a place. We're going to always have a certain percentage of Americans that simply can't do for themselves. And I think the But that's a moral obligation. Well, I mean... When or you, certainly you, it shouldn't yeah, be at the sure. federal level. Okay, so we're going to be nihilist in this? No, I'm saying? saying I'm saying it's not in the federal. It should not be a. Uh, why does the federal government have to involve itself in that? Why does California has tens of millions of people? Why, why does money for welfare have to cross borders? It's better to do it where you can actually see the needs and understand it. There are many, many countries right. that are smaller than. There are countries that are smaller than the smallest state. You don't actually need to have welfare in a 300 million person pool. And well, then you I, could control I, I, it better. I don't want I don't want welfare for everyone. I think that it's 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 a need. However, I do think that we need to help those of our citizens that need uh, need help and assistance. We need to allow them to have a job uh, that, that most of them would be willing to work. And when they work those menial labor jobs like I did as a young seventeen year old digging ditches, that you'll figure it out. You don't want to do that for the rest of your life. I agree with that. And I would say, I would just say that uh, that you can decide how you help the neediest people on the state level, which would be consistent with the Tenth Amendment. I'm in favor of that. Or you could do it uh, on a religious level. You could decide that however you want. All 50 states could do it different ways. And uh, when you do that, the Americans would crowd out the immigrants and the immigrants would stop coming because the Americans would take those jobs. So a free society, I think, would result in more equality of pay and more prosperity overall. Uh, but this is the libertarian this is the libertarian system. I'm happy to keep talking about it, but I got to take a break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 955 at AM 750 WSB. Talking about the kids at the border. I got time for a call. I'm going to Charlie. Charlie, you're on with Monica. Can you hear me? Yes. I um uh, God before me took a little bit of my thunder of uh, mm-hmm. taking away jobs. But I've got another thing that I never hear anybody talk about is a way to get uh, the wall paid for. Do you know how many billions of dollars are wired out of our country back to Mexico and Central America every month? Let me ask you a it's, question, Charlie. Uh, why do don't you we think tax that money? I have a question for you. Do you think Sweden has an immigration problem? Do I think Sweden has an immigration yeah, problem? Yeah, you. You ever hear the news reports about Sweden? Yes, I do. Yes. In fact, we met a couple on vacation last year. Okay. She talked about how horrible it was. Here's my question for you. Do you think the answer for Sweden would be to build a wall? I don't know. I don't know. Well, their immigrants are Somalian and Iraqi. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But our immigrants are not Somalian. I know, but I'm saying the reason they have the same, if you want to say they have the same problem we have, is that it's the policymakers and the policies. It's, this is not an enforcement problem. There's, the wall is a distraction. It'll take years to get through. It's, we're, 
Chertoff was talking about the same issues we're talking about today in 2005. For 13 years, they've had the same talking points because they want us distracted. Meanwhile, the 2026 World Cup is being hosted by North America. <laughs> you know, North America. Yeah. That means the borders are going to be completely open. And, uh, and, and this is another stepping stone towards the North American Union, which to me is is what the goal is so you're going to have a wall you can build your wall and the second the wall is built you're going to argue about when the you know who gets to open the door or why these people are being stopped at the border the guy who uh allegedly shot kate steinley uh he was stopped at the border every single time i think the wall is a distraction but i'm happy to continue the conversation 800 wsb talk this is monica perez